What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Make It Happen podcast with myself, Nolan Olm. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about dealing with overwhelm, too much on your plate, overload, everything that just, you know, when you feel like, man, I got too much going on in my life. We're going to talk about tools to deal with that. And then we're also just going to talk about how to prioritize and execute. I think that's what it comes down to and I think the reality is is sometimes when we feel overwhelmed it's almost losing a perception losing control of what's truly important to us in life so that's what we're going to talk about another really good soul episode here I'm going to bring as much value as possible for you all if you've appreciated the episodes if you've gotten value from any other episodes from this episode I would highly appreciate it if you reviewed the show those help the podcast grow and I love just seeing more people's lives get touched impacted and and changed for the better so they can go make it happen in their life so please review it share it around i really appreciate you guys support i hope you enjoy without further ado here it is okay really what we're talking about today is something i like to call essentialism we're going to be talking about uh, a great book one that i would highly highly recommend uh that's for people that you know are are leaders are making it happen, have a bunch of goals. This is just inevitably going to happen because if you want to not be criticized, not deal with overwhelm, not deal with, uh, you know, at times stress, then do nothing, say nothing, be nothing in life. Right. And so I just want to start us off with a couple quotes. You know, they say, if you want something to get done, give it to someone who's busy. And I think that is a really good frame of reference. If you are busy, if you got a lot going on, you're doing something right. And they say that because, you, you know, you give to those busy people, you're going to people find a way to get it done. Now, the only thing with that, right, is that at some point, at a certain point, you only have so much time in the day and you can sacrifice things like sleep. You can sacrifice things like time with your loved ones. You can sacrifice things like less quality. But at, at a certain point, there's trade offs, right, when you're trying to be world class phenomenal in one area of your life. But. Also, don't forget that when everything seems to be going against you, remember that an airplane takes off against the wind, not with it. And that quotes from Henry Ford. Okay, so I'm going to give you some of the tools. This has happened to me so much. It's happened to me almost every week. You know, you got to reevaluate, re, you know, just just take a step back and be like, where am I putting my time? You know, for me, when it comes to school, football, the podcast, the business stuff, all it's a lot of stuff, the relationships, the you know, there's so much, but I've got systems, I got processes, and I also am very clear on what I want to do with my life. So I know there's an either a yes or no to doing things. Okay. So we're going to start it off. Like what is essentialism? What is an essentialist? So let me just talk about these little definitions and, and let's see if it, if it rings true, um, and, and kind of, uh, you know, strikes a, a chord in your body uh, that that you can relate to. Okay, so in his book, Greg uh, Greg McEwen, he says, you know, a non-essentialist, the mindset is avoid saying no to feeling social awkwardness and pressure. Says yes to everything, where as opposed an essentialist would dare to say no firmly, resolutely, and gracefully says yes only to things that really matter right so like i said a lot of this is just going to come back to what really matters to you what really matters to you and depending on what you want to do in life you might have time to go do these things but 
anyone who's successful, I'm reading this book called Tribe of Mentors right now. And one of the questions that uh, the guy, Tim Ferriss, asks, who is a really big inspiration for why I do this and for a lot of the questions that I ask my guests, but one of his answers is, how have you gotten better at saying no uh, in the past five years? What have you got better at saying no to specifically? And are there any tips that you have, tricks, anything like that? And so for myself, I've gotten better at saying really, really saying no to a lot of stuff. And now I'm someone who really does like to take on opportunities, but whether that's a social engagement, whether that's a, just think about this, like the people you're going to spend time with are those people you want to spend time with for the rest of your life. And also think about this too. Why would you, why would you care about them being mad about you not going when a year, six months, six years to 10 years, you will never have a form of communication with them ever. Right. And so it just comes down to like what your values are and what you're really trying to get out of life. But for me personally, I want to become the best version of myself. I want to be around people that want to be the best versions of themselves. And so I'm not going to go out of my way to go give away an hour, two hours of my life when, you know, the average life is only 30,000 days give away hours of a day. Well, if I'm sleeping eight hours, right, you could do the math. 16, two out of six, like that's a lot. That's a lot of time. And so for me, I'm going to say no gracefully, gracefully, right? And so I think it's like not only knowing what's important to you, but you also need to know how to gracefully say no and know that it's all right. It is okay to say no. We've all had it to ourselves before. But if you don't have the discipline to say no, then you won't have the freedom from that discipline of saying no. Because we all know we've we've said yes to things four months down the line that when it really comes to going to that event, do it like you do really don't want to do it. And I was told a lot when I was a kid that, oh, it's just things that you have to do. But as I get older, it's like, no, I really don't. Because I want to go impact lives and do all these things that are going to be important to me down the line. So why would I let this person's frame of reference, their values, their outlook on life, you know, uh, imprint onto me? Like if I don't want to do it, I don't have to feel bad about not doing it because I have my own purpose and things that I'm trying to do and other people just don't understand. And so another test I'll give you, just giving you some actionables as we go here is, is do a thing called the rocking chair test. So Tony Robbins, another guy, mentioned him a lot. But he does this thing called a rocking chair test where he will see himself on a patio when he's 111 years old (laughs) and he is on his rocking chair thinking about his life. And really, it's basically like a regret test as much as I really don't believe in regret. I don't like to think about regret, regret, any of that stuff. But he thinks about would I regret not doing this, doing this, not having a skill, having this skill looking back while I'm on my rocking chair. Okay, so that could be something for you to think about. Like, are you going to regret not going and spending that time with your siblings? Are you going to regret not going and being bold and and, and going to that event that scared you? Because there's a difference between not wanting to do something and doing something that scares you, right? If something still aligns with your purpose, it would help you get better, but you're scared to go to it, that is good. That means you're pushing yourself to your comfort zone, but don't confuse that, right? For the the former, like I was talking about, 
where you just it just doesn't it doesn't sit right with you to go or serve your your uh, ultimate mission. Okay, so another thing, non-essentialists. I'll just keep going through these and ask yourself: Is this me? Is this me, or do I am I like an essentialist? So a non-essentialist thinks that making th- uh, things better means adding something. They're attached to every word, image, or detail. An essentialist thinks that making things better means subtracting something, eliminates the distracting words, images, and details. Cutting out options, it says. Right? Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty heavy stuff. Like even when I was reading this book, I remember a lot of it's like, dang, I don't, I don't think about time in the right way. I don't really face my mortality. Uh, and, and not out of fear, but really out of like, you know what, like, I'm going to recognize and look at the objective truth that the average person only has 30,000 days, which we're not going to have that because we're going to live to 120. But the average person only has 30,000 days. So really think about that. Like every day counts. Every day matters. You know, he says in the book, the Latin root of the word decision, cis, or sorry, decision, right? The CIS literally means to cut or to kill. So making a decision, right? You're cutting off all other options. So you got to pick your decisions wisely, but you also realize the freedom of a decision from things that you don't want to do. Okay. I'll go through more here. Now, non-essentialist thinks if you have limits, you will be limited. Sees boundaries as constraining. Exerts effort attempting to direct. No. An essentialist knows that if you have limits, you will become limitless. Woo! If you have limits, you will become limitless, okay? And this is, some people might be like, wow, that's going against your whole philosophy. No, no. The limits are doing things that don't align with what I ultimately want to do with my rocking chair test, right? Like what I want to accomplish, does that does that fit into that circle? Does it add value? Is it essential? How deep can you get with your questioning of whether what you're doing, and, and I'm going to be honest, I do things that are not essential all the time because I'm a fast mover. I like saying yes to a lot of stuff, but I do have a filter now. So if I'm going to do a lot of stuff, (laughs) it's going to be a lot of stuff that only go in the direction that I'm trying to go. Okay. An essentialist also sees boundaries as liberating. You don't have to go to every event. You don't have to, you know, you can go do the things that you want to do most at a great clip. An essentialist sets rules in advance that eliminate the need for the direct no. Okay, so I'll give you give you an example, and this might be a little intense, but even for me, it's like someone asks to go do something one time, two time, and after I say no, or after people really know, like they know who I am as a person that I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to go to that party. So guess what? I don't even get asked. Wow, think about how much energy, emotion, uh, just time, even if it's small, that saves over my whole lifetime because people don't even ask. But guess what? They're going to ask, hey, do you want to go to the seminar? Hey, do you want to go listen to this guy speak? Listen to this girl speak? Do you want to go get better? Do you want to go work out? Oh, I'm all over it. And those come to me all the time. So I think a lot of this is the setting of boundaries, right? And so I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, some people in life, how they, they major in minor activities. And this is why you feel overwhelmed. So Stephen Covey, he created the, sorry, he wrote the book, seven habits of highly effective people. I've, 
uh, read that. And there's a bunch of others he's done, which seven habits of highly effective families, teenagers, all that good stuff. I will dive into those at some point. But he that book's the habits of seven or seven habits of highly effective people is one of the most popular foundational books in life. And he used to do this activity uh, where he would at his live events, he would bring someone up and he'd have a, a big cylinder, a glass cylinder, and he'd have rocks, sand, and then pebbles. And he'd tell them, okay, like, get everything in there. Um, and like, it, it, there's enough room in that cylinder for these three objects to, to fit in there. And he'd be up, be up there with the microphone and I watched the video. You can go watch the video. Uh, look it up. Just Stephen Covey uh, rocks uh, exercise. And, you know, the girl goes up there, she pours the sand in. And then she puts the pebbles and she's trying to put these rocks in and it's not fitting. It doesn't fit. Now, he specifically said before, no, there's enough room in there. There's enough room in that cylinder. You got to find a way, though. You have to go about it in the right order of operations. And it's the perfect metaphor for life. And it's something that I'll do with my kids one day. We'll go outside and we'll get it all set up. <laughs> but it's such a cool exercise for you to feel what your life really is and how you're going to have a masterpiece of a life. So she, she pours it all out. He says, okay, try again. But let's think about life, okay? What are you going to start planning your days, your weeks, your years intentionally going about? It's going to be the rocks of your life, the big things, the priorities, the major projects, the major areas of focus, the areas that you're going to get the most out of because 20% of your projects get 80% of your results. I'll say that again, 20% of your projects, your efforts get 80% of your results. So she puts the big rocks in, she, she puts the pebbles in good spots and then boom, she pours the sand in at the end over top. And now everything fits because the sand fills in the crevices, the little things, the things that aren't much as much of a priority, those fill in the gaps between the major things. But a lot of us, we major in the minor activities, the pieces of sand, the conversations that are, are meaningless, the, um, the activities that just feel good to do, but we don't actually go do the hard thing or the thing that we know we should do. That's a little bit big. That's a little bit overwhelming. And so to be an essentialist, to fight through that overwhelm and to live a life of your dreams, to cut through the stress, you have to major in the major things. Okay, so in order to major in those major, major things, like I said, you need to know what's important to you. Okay, so as we get kind of closer to the end of this episode here, which I really hope that you've gotten, um, you know, a ton of value from it, but a lot of this too is leveraging activities. Okay. So not only do you want to major in the major things, but what are things that you don't like doing, you don't want to do, and that others could do a lot better for you. And all my business people are going to like, they know it way better than me. Leverage activities. I like to say leveraging and not delegating. Cause to me, delegating is giving something to someone else without taking ownership of the outcome still, but leveraging is, is still taking ownership of the outcome, but allowing another individual to work through it and uh, for you to guide them, you know, not, not helicoptering or micromanaging, but 
delegating oftentimes can just turn to just throwing something on someone without any guidance or direction or and you don't get the results you want. So I like saying leveraging, but think about in your life, I'll give you another tool here. Uh, I, I listened to this one audio book and this is something I need to do. And I do sometimes, and this is my goal in life is I get an orange highlighter. I'd highlight everything that I really, that I like, I don't need to do. Someone else could do it. Highlighted in my planner, highlighted in my day. Then I grab a red uh, highlighter and I'd highlight everything that I don't like at all, that I do not want to do. And so I do that. And now I start to all of a sudden become aware of these things every single week. It's like, okay. Then I start asking myself the question subconsciously, okay, I'm highlight. Well, how do I get someone else to do these things? Whether that's getting enough, uh, creating enough value for others. So I have uh, the currency, the, the money to be able to pay someone to do it. Whether that's asking someone for help, whether that's, teaming up with someone and getting, you know, we're going to work off each other's strengths. But that's what I've started to get pretty good at is becoming a master leverager and realizing that nothing great in life, you're not going to have freedom unless you work with others and you do, you, you do what you do best. You do what you do best and you pay everyone else, get everyone else to do the rest. Okay. So another little tool for you guys there, whether that's, you know, for me, it'd be, you know, one day I'd want to have someone that, that helps prepare my food because I'm not a master chef. I don't get a lot of enjoyment from it. I love food, but I could spend my time going and doing my strengths that are way more efficient than, you know, Gordon Ramsay doing what I want to do. But I, I am not jumping in the kitchen with Gordon Ramsay, right? So there's leveraging. And so I've given you guys a bunch of different ways to view it um, and different tips, tools, tricks to, to attack overwhelm. The last thing I'll say is if you really feel overwhelmed and, you know, a lot of these are kind of long-term fixes I'm saying in terms of mindset uh, and different little like the rocking chair test, everything that you can use in the moment. But if you really feel overwhelmed in a moment, I will get on a whiteboard. I've told you guys the whiteboard is the magic producer, even a piece of paper. And when I was getting the football camp ready, there was a lot of times to overwhelm and like wow, we really do need to, this needs to be successful because we're, we're putting some risk out here. You know, like I, I, we were going all in on it. And I remember texting, you know, one of my mentors and he's like, you know what, just, you know what to do, get everything on the paper. So I got everything out on the whiteboard on the paper and okay, who's going to do right. We talk about leveraging. Okay. So who, who can do this for me? So I start, you know, kind of moving them into, into some graphs and so, like, I'm going to get, you know, I'll put in brackets, this person will do this. Do I need help with this? Uh, what are the main priorities? What am I going to get the most out of doing? What needs to get done today? Okay, I take those. I move those into a column. What can be done, you know, a week later, two weeks? So now all of a sudden I'm prioritizing and then I can execute. Okay, I get that from Jocko Willink, Extreme Ownership. Prioritize and execute. When you feel super overwhelmed, come back to in that project or whatever you're doing, What's going to get the most in return? That's what this is all coming back to, right? What's going to get the most return for the most important area of my life? So I'm really just challenging you guys. It's all the episodes that we've talked about, but awareness of your priorities, your values, and not getting lost in, in what you do. And so that's one, prioritizing and execute. I hope that gives you a, a good little tool to use where you put everything down on a piece of paper and then you start to organize it right into different categories of what people can do but the biggest thing is is just getting them in priority and it might be tough there's somewhere you're like ah i don't know if that's two or three three or four 
you know, in terms of will this get done, but you will get, you'll get a pretty good feel on it. And if you really are in that tight of a, a pinch and you're like, there's no way I'm doing this without I'm sacrificing things that are important to me, then that's where, like I said, you need to leverage it off. So we've talked about a lot of different things saying, no, I want to just finish off kind of with, with talking a little bit more about saying no, because it is really tough in our culture and people can feel bad. Uh, but I gave you one little mental framework, but I'll give you another one here. You got to realize that a lot of people aren't thinking f- about you or for you. And this is one of the issues that I have. If you get so stuck in serving people and thinking about others, which is awesome. Sometimes that will come back to bite you in the butt because you didn't have the self-respect to say no. Think about that. Like, it might feel uncomfortable now, but like it's self-love, it's self-respect to say no, to have boundaries over where you're going to spend your time. Because what if you pour so much into this one thing and then you don't actually get to go do other things that are important to you? Like you don't get to go serve others. That's what I think about when others ask me, and it is tough, but like, it's really easy to gracefully say no. Thank them. I'll give you a little uh, a format here. Thank them for the opportunity. Wish them the best. This is, and I'm thinking a little bit more projects or, um, you know, tri- anything, it trips or anything that like, people are asking you to come on, thank them, wish them the best and just tell them like, honestly, what it is like, this, this just doesn't fit in my life right now. I've got other projects that uh, I've already committed to whatever. Right. So just think about that. Just think about that. Like there's a way to gracefully say no. And if you say gracefully, the people will have respect. If they really know you, if they don't have respect and they're mad at you, that just shows you what type of person they are. That shows you that they don't respect you. So maybe that's that's a question of, wow, does this person even, you know, fit into my life? What like is energy that I'm giving to this person really, really gonna be pure and worth it? Because the my friends that are closest to me always understand. Always understand uh when I gracefully say no. And like I said, I've already set such good boundaries with them. And they know who I am that there's, there's not going to be opportunities that are brought to me that would have to really be a graceful no, unless it was truly, Hey, I got something else really going on. Right. So there's a talking about essentialism a little bit and just dealing with that overwhelm, dealing with too much on your plate. I hope you guys got a lot of value from this. So I give you, I'll give you three pieces of homework out of this. Okay. Think about what's really important to you in life. Think of a guiding principle. Whether that's, you know, like we won't get, you don't have to do your whole values, but think about growth or, or like family or, you you know, what type of things are you really going to measure saying yes or no to? Like, does this add or uh, take away value from your life? Okay. So come up with like a guiding principle, something that you can really base it off of when you get something coming onto your plate, right? Like does this add or subtract value? And what does that mean to add or subtract value from your life? Then I would say really get on paper, you know, a a strategy that you're going to, you're going to do when things come up that overwhelm you. Okay. Whether that's the, the rocking chair test, whether that's putting it all on the paper but have a method you can come back to. And I challenge you, like there's going to be something that comes up in this week and other like at some point this month 
that's going to be uh, not overwhelming, but if, if you're really going to make it happen, like there's going to be things that are going to come up. That'll be a lot. And so I challenge you to use that at some point with the next thing that comes up where it's like, dang, what's going on? Right. Okay. So I, I, that's the two things I would say. And then a third bonus challenge. If you really, really want to take yourself to the next level with all this stuff, read the book, essentialism, read it. And we'll give you a ton of tools. It'll go way more in depth than I did. Uh, and just, you know, like take that to really get yourself. It's one of the most foundational books. I would say it's just because when you start off knowing what's important, if you, when you begin with the end of mind, you can work backwards and know what you need to do to get to that life of fulfillment. Okay. So that's my three pieces of homework. Get a guiding principle, right? Figure out what the rocks are in your life. Like what's going to be the most important areas that, that we, you will determine that you say yes or no to, um, Second one, have a method, whether that's getting on the paper or the rocking chair test, uh, whether that's texting someone for help, have a method that you're going to have, taking a deep breath uh, and, and coming back to prioritizing and execute when things get, get rough or overwhelming or too much on your plate. And then the third thing, like I said, if you want to take it to the next level, read essentialism or even just do some more research into how these top world-class performers in the world say no. Because if that's, if that's an issue for you saying no to people, go look up how other people say no. Success leaves clues, right? So that's all I got. I really appreciate you guys. I hope you got value from this. I'm so excited to keep building out this library uh, on the, the, the podcast so that you, know, you can direct people here if they have any issues with these specific areas. That's the goal for me, to have a whole, you know, just like curriculum on here really on life uh, and how to, how to get through these things that, you know, have really helped me achieve really good success in athletics and um, also also off the field. So thank you guys so much again for tuning in. Share this around if you got some value. Have a great day. Make it happen. Out.